Welcome to the Early Crow, Paps, episode one, season one. Um, it's early on a Thursday, uh, we're up and about, and we are very, very excited to kick off the Early Crow, which has been a uh, work in progress, Thomas. It has, hasn't it? It's, uh, I'm very committed, mate. I haven't woken up this early and since uh, pre-season, so <laughs> you're lucky I'm up early. And uh, nah, It's good to be here, head on. I've done an enormous amount of work for us and uh, so have you, so looking forward to the, uh, to the show. We're going to dive into everything Australian sports. Articulate why we want to have a bet. Yeah, we love golf. A and a look at, of course, every other sport that teaches our fancy. Where's Pappenhausen now? <laughs> Welcome to the early crow. Right, hey, Tommy, let's kick away. We're going to start with, and each and every week, punters, it's going to be a bit of racing. Uh, betting with narrative, then backed up with a lot of sport. When we're gonna always look to have a bet, except if we're talking about the AFL because we don't bet on the AFL and we never have and we never will. Uh, we're just gonna talk about uh, the ponies, particularly the uh, Saturday focus on this show, and we're gonna kick off Tom at Rose Hill. The rails in the true. When the gates open, if your ass doesn't quiver just a little bit, you haven't had enough on. <laughs> it's a hot meeting. Like the, the, the racing, a bit like the weather. I don't know what it's like up there, but down here it's starting to warm up a little bit. It's a group two, group three maybe, missile stakes day at Rose Hill. Yeah, group two, mate. Group two. It's um, some nice horses coming back. I am me. Um, we'll touch on that race a little bit later, but yeah, it's some very nice horses coming back and it gets you toey for this time of year, doesn't it? Rail in the true, what does that mean, pattern-wise? So when we talk about a pattern, uh, we're talking about a bias. So throughout a race meeting, particularly on a Saturday, and also now Melbourne, full credits to Racing Victoria for whacking on 10 of the best. But there's 10 of the best every Saturday in Sydney, so there'll be a pattern more times than not where horses in a particular p- position will dominate the races. Uh, what, do you, what are you expecting on Saturday? Yeah, so with punning form, it's got rail in the true uh, – so if you're inside one in three barriers, strike rate of 13%, profit on turnover of uh, minus 3.1, and A2E 105. Um, and it's pretty pretty similar all the way down um, in that forward position. And if you look at the midfield and back, um, the win strike rate is is inside barriers, uh, 10, 8, 8, and the total is 9. Um, but the profit on turnover is, is very is very uh, low compared to the others with minus 12, minus 23 from mid um, barriers if you landed midfield and minus eight. So we really want to be on speed on Saturday in the first four or five, uh, especially in the 11, 1200 metre races uh, with that shoot at Rose Hill can be tight turning um, and we'll look, to, we'll look to nullify that and get a few winners, I reckon. Let's kick off race four, 400 metre benchmark 72. What's the map look like here, mate? Yeah, mate, we've got Ramones going forward from Barrier 9, um, Hollywood Hero from Barrier 3, Dakota Vroom with McAvoy on, showing tent there and landing the coffin, and Kangaroo Court, who's, who's had some nice form um, around it uh, f- through that Wednesday race uh, with How Good Are You Winning, um, and Ta- Tashi going back with State of America uh, and Nana's Wish. But the horse I want to touch on is, is uh, Dakota Vroom, uh, last start was forgive, drew wide off a slow tempo, was unlucky up the straight, um, and I'm forgiving that run. Still managed to run the fifth last 
fifth fastest last 200 of the meeting and second fastest last 100. So that 1,400 metres I don't think is an issue. And it maps perfectly here from barrier one. If you go back to its first up run, it was actually coming off a bleed um, and sort of I actually did the race and thought it would go back from its very first run in its first prep. But McAvoy showed huge intent. It was a great ride and then won the race off that. I reckon will show huge intent again from barrier one, landing that beautiful spot um, in the coffin and hopefully we can get a, just a just a dream run and, and show that turn of foot. I think it's around that $5.50 mark. So nice little play there to start us off, mate, in race four. Karen jumps back on. Would he be, I'm tipping he's number two on your power rankings, just behind your man, Zachy Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he, he's, he's a good man, actually. He's a good Swans man as well, Dico. Um, I uh, see him a lot, a lot in the recovery centre. Um, he probably didn't have his best season um, last year, but really heat up late in Oregon. Um, this is when the big boys start to stand up now, and um, I reckon he's in for a good day on Saturday. That'll be right. So he's he's in there uh, milking the the titty of the the Swans facilities. I'm tipping at zero cost, despite having more money than God. <laughs> that, that, that's peak racing there. That's all, like you've all, got to find your edge and you've got to hammer it, and that's why Kieran's <laughs> one of the greats. Yeah, he actually tipped me. Huita, you know that whole Huita, Huita. Huita or whatever you, however you tip me to beat Zaki at a dollar ninety one day, and it was about sixteen dollars, and it's and it's a lob. So full credit to Kieran there. Full credit to Kieran. Race seven's our next race. Perhaps it's a twelve hundred meter benchmark seventy eight. Few likely types here. Talk me through a speed map. Yeah, we got um. You obviously remember Brudenal will roll forward and land uh, on the rail here with time to boogie. Uh, rolling outside of it from six. Uh, Tri-State from one, I think, can roll forward and land in the coffin. Um, Ligio 10, uh, you would know that horse very well. Uh, Dicko with James McDonald will be will be back off just off midfield, I reckon. Fajita Sand, first up off a gelding, will land midfield. And Huyon, I think is how you say it, will be back <gasps> Got him. We'll be back <laughs> Got we'll him. Go on, tell your story. Welcome, pal. Huyon. <laughs> yeah, but we'll... Uh, Go on. Yeah, we'll start with uh, Tom to Boogie. It's just huge. It's a huge um, run last start. This prep has just improved um, like incredible amounts. Um, I'll just get its uh, last few runs up. It started uh, in a Gosford benchmark 64 over the 1,000 metres. Come second there um, at $1.90. Then went to Gosford in a class one um, and started $1.70. Won really well, two and a half lengths. And then last start... Um, went to a benchmark 72 city grade at Randwick and absolutely belted them and ran a huge number on my GDX stuff that I look at. Um, he's not going to find the fence here for the first time in its probably last five runs, but we'll sit outside Brudenale, um just for some uh, for some numbers. Its sectionals were huge, running the last, last 400 and 200 um, sectionals were the second fastest for the meeting. It did get its own way in front, but it just... It just uh, really made a mess of the other horses. Uh, I think it can go on with it here. I, I can't find a reason for it not to keep going on with it. The only reason would be not finding the fence. Some horses really do like that fence and um, is a bit different sitting outside later. But um, And that's the reason I want to sort of have a little saver on Brudenell, which is has got the three-kilo claimer with Amy Lucas on. Um, Chrissy Lees. Around Amy, with the context around Amy Lucas... Who's a good rider, I think, with a three kilo claimer. Last hundred, 10, 
5% winning strike rate, uh, 10% profit on turnover, and A2E 1.27. So Amy Lucas is, is uh, a good rider who it's obviously off from Tim Clark, but gets that three kilo claim, gets 59 kilos, um, and, and will roll forward. And I think I'm just going to have a little saver there, mate. I think you can trust apprentices more so when they're on a horse that's going to settle in the first four, which you'd anticipate Brudenell is. Are you just going to roll straight over the top of Legio 10, who's like completely and utterly airborne, goes Celine Gordray, apprentice to James McDonald, Alpha? King, yeah, I'm, big boy. I'm, uh, I'm backing I'm backing in that, the uh, bias, mate. I'm backing in because I think it will be probably second last. Um, full credit to it if it does get up and win. Um and do respect it. Probably got it marked just a little bit more than what it is, about four dollars fifty. Um, so uh, I'm I'm probably going to leave that. If it does drift out on the on the exchange, um, I'd I'd be happy to chop it. I'll be fascinated to see what it does. Cause for concern will go around, and we're going to talk about it later on in the uh, group race at Flemington, and it's going to be there or thereabouts in that race. So that form, considering this is a benchmark seventy eight, uh, would. Scare me a fair bit, but I'm not as brave as you. Race eight, our next one we're going to talk about, and it is a 1,200 metre. It is a group two. It is the Missile Stakes. Group racing's back. Paps, talk me through the map here. See it, the feature race of the day. Um, group two, Missile. Um, big parade. will roll forward uh, and lead with We Were Rock sitting outside um, and I and Me in the coffin. They're probably the, really the only three really speedy horses that will roll forward. And there's rocketing, rocketing by Golden Mile from two Fender, you called it Depor and Argentia, who will sort of um, be around that midfield mark. They're not sure where they'll sort of land, but the f- the three that will be rolling forward is those three. I said we're a rock, Iron Man, Big Parade. Fair few first race. up is here. Like, what have you yeah. have you spent a fair bit of time on the Racing New South Wales website just digging through these trials? That's it, mate. You've uh, I don't know if you would have seen, but. Big Parade won its trial by 21 lengths. Oh, God. Um, 21 lengths. But it hasn't it hasn't ran in 473 days. Ooh. And it's favourite. Ooh. And, and I don't know. If, if I get beat, Joshy Parr has wrote, wrote it, um, like, ever since it's he's, – he's always on it, Joshy Parr. He's on it again. Um, look, I can't – I can't take $2.80 about something that hasn't raced in 745 days. First um, up, Joey Pride to X Mark Newnham. Yeah, like it, it's got a drift. Like if I get if if I get beat, I get beat. Um and it's best probably wins like it's come it's come second in a group 1 by 0.2 of a length that's Shelby 66 on the heavy 10, heavy 9, sorry, which it does like. Um but yeah, I'm happy to I'm happy to leave it. Um, but the one I want to be on is I and me, uh, number eleven will be landed in the coffin. Tried, just, just tried really jumping nicely. Jumping in for a second, the coffin you're playing home is the leaders back on the fence. Yeah, yeah lands in the coffin. Timmy Clark on fifty four kilos um, has two from two on the track, um, and yeah, it's trialed nicely. It's pr- around the sort of three dollar twenty mark, I reckon. Um, I think that's a better p- better play rather than uh, Big Parade, uh, who is 470-odd days off, off a run. So um, if, you, if, you, if you are worried, um, and shout out to Neds, uh, jump on board. There's a Neds backup tool on, uh, on Neds. If you are scared, have a bet on IME and uh, put <laughs> Big Parade as the backup because um, 
yeah, obviously if you're a little bit scared and it's obviously wound up um, on the trial, winning my 21 lengths, and it could still win, but I'm not happy. I'm not um, keen on betting it. But if you want to have, play it like that, there's a there's a go for you. Gamble responsibly, and uh, it would be responsible if possible uh, to rot each and every promo tool available to you out there as a punter. <laughs> uh, the last race, perhaps we're going to talk about, is race number 10. The last race on the card at Rose Hill. It is a 1500 meter it, benchmark 78. Talk me through the map. Yeah, there's a few rolling forward. Space Tracker, a more vic- victorious um, Ooh, night roll him. forward f- with seven. Um, Tangied, who um, who I'm going to be on, and it's a value, very value play here, Dicko. Around the eighteen dollars mark here. Wow, big. Yeah, yeah. This this will be uh, this will be big. I'll talk you through it. So first up um, was unlucky, landed in the be- landed midfield. Um, and got out the back and was zigzagging all down the straight. Was unlucky run. Um, still running home the top 10 last 201 under the meeting. Gets 1,500 metres here, which is key. Now, you go back. Last prep, I only had one run. Tipped out for a spell um, against Linderman. Started $6.50. Um, that horse went on to do some That's good things. It's a group things. horse. It's a group horse. And then its first prep as a three-year-old in a group two over the 1,600 metres. Started twelve dollars, um, landed in a nice spot um, in the coffin, um, and come third by length in a group two. Um, so she's lickety split. And, who's who's above average? Yeah, and Joshy Parr, who is on here, rode her that day. Rode, yeah, her that day. Yeah, um, I, like I think around the eight eighteen dollar mark, mate. I reckon we just have a little nibble each way, probably one by three play, um, and yeah, I think it's a it's a nice each way bet. I. Uh, had a little chat to Mickey Gannon. He he thought the fa- thought the same. Um, shout out to Mickey Gannon. What a great man. Um, one of the greats. Absolute great. Um, so yeah, I reckon that's a nice little one by three play there, mate. She'd be worth an absolute ton. This thing they would have paid a stack for. Uh, I'm invincible, yep. Philly. Wow, we big 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 price to finish off uh, our Rose Hill preview. All right, let's head to Flemington. We're going to do the quaddy legs. Um, just thought we'd mix it up. We could do anything, but we're going to start with the quality legs. We're going to kick off with Ori Star, which is a group three time, so over 1,200 metres. So we're down the straight. We're at headquarters. The rail's out 10, 10 metres. There's, 10 there's metres. max six mil of rain predicted tomorrow. That won't affect that won't affect that surface. It's the greatest racing surface in Australia. Um, unless unless there's a less there's a bias, then victim punters will be calling it for it to be burnt down, like last week at Mooney Valley. But um, it's an outside sport. There's lanes and there's biases deal with it uh, but on Saturday with the rail out 10 down the straight my read let's avoid horses that are going to settle on the inside so that's worn right. worn racing area I'd rather be midfield to uh, wider grandstand side down the straight which is this race um, I think much much better dance to Dubai are the speed general bow mystery exclusive sit off it I think Zethus can put itself into the race, and it's got Blake Shin on board who likes to put horses into the race. Uh, it's our time, and Zethus are the two sort of horses that'll be in that three wide, four wide line midfield, maybe just worse. Uh, the two horses that I think can win but are a bit cursed by the way this track probably races and this map sets up is ingratiating and cause for concern. Now, cause for concern is a horse that's done, it's done a lot of things right this preparation. Really, really strong win last, uh, last start, beating Legio 10. This is another big step up. Willow replaces Ollie. 
I think it's a weight-related jockey change because Ollie can't ride as light as Craig. Um, I think Barrier 1, though, sort of rules his horse out of contention in this race. The three horses that I think are, are potentially value players in the race are the five Zethus, who you can tie through a bunch of these and I think is going to get the map just perfect. Ingratiating, the SP profile off its last start win at Caulfield just makes it a silly price here, in my opinion. And It's Our Time, who's a track and trip horse. Uh, Mickey D goes on, which grazed me right up, which I don't need because I'm starting to struggle with that, as it is. Um, but I think this horse will explode, is ready to peak. And they're the three that I think you could play. But they're not. The th- I'm, not I'm certainly not sitting here, first race I previewed for the early crow, like declaring these things as bets. But if you have to bet, yeah. and you never have to bet, but if you want to bet, they're the three I'd work around. And I think General Bow is the other one that's value if you're going to play some sort of uh, exotics. Anything else yeah, to add nice, there? Mate. Yeah, it loves the track. Um, six starts, ingratiating, sorry. Uh, two wins, two seconds. Where'd you have it uh, mapping, mate, with Malamon? I think worse than midfield. So Ben's yep. traditionally like a conservative rider from that position. Um, they did dig it up a little bit and put it right on the bunny at Caulfield, which helped it a lot. Um, yeah. I just think this race shape, there's a few horses that really want to be in that spot. And then uh, if they're jamming to the inside, which I doubt they will by this stage of the day, they'll be off fence. So he'll be able to, he'll think I've got cover and I can just peel down to the inside, which could be inferior. Yep. Nice, mate. Race eight. to race eight. Yep. You got it. You got it. Yeah, I got it. It's a uh, uh, 1,620 metre benchmark, 84. Uh, what's the speed map doing here, mate? It's doing lots. It's doing a heap. Hennessy Laird, Wild Imagination, Senior Uno, Aaron Bay, King Cobra. They're the speed. French Emperor could go forward. First mate, thereabouts, pressure, conqueror, midfield. Um, Sirius Liaison, deep strike, and Vitruvius back with with Brayden Star. My God. I, I don't know how this horse isn't 250. Um, it's f- fourth up this preparation. Gibbons off, travelled to Sydney, went well in Rose Hill. You, you would have seen the race. Um, drops back to the mile. Gibbons off. Ollie on. SP profiles. Big tick. Map. Big tick. This rail 10 metres. Favourite to be a really fair track um, on Saturday at Flemington. And if anything, hinder horses that settle rails and run. Ollie will be all over this. This horse will be too wide at the, at the 1,200. It'll be three wide with cover at the 800. And when you're on... This is the sort of bet that you just enjoy because you're just going to watch this thing steam home. It'll be 600 metres out. You'll have a stack of pony and you'll just be ready to roar. It'll travel pony. into the straight. It'll be in lanes 10, 11, 12 and it, all they'll be yelling at this thing. You'll be yelling at the TV and I think Braden <laughs> Star will be winning um, race eight. That's it. That's all so I've got for race eight. I just love it. I think it's easy. $3.50, dollars fifty, which is uh, which is a nice price and you're thinking around. It's going to be around that $2.50 mark. So jump on, punters. You'll, you'll, you'll definitely beat SP if you have a bet now, is my uh, humble opinion. The next race, Pabs. Love it. Race nine, mate. Uh, benchmark 100 over the 1,410 metres. Um, there's a 15-horse field. What's the speed map doing? Big field, big map. Poland, Flying Mascot, Ulysses, Carlo, Tijuana, Edison, Regards Marie. Some tempo. They're, 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 the, they're the horses that are going to fight out the lead. Devoted, biometric. Um, and Windstorm, the next pair. Berkeley Square, who was a, a really nice preparation last prep, 
aimed at a derby returns here. I think from Barra 6 will sort of be worse than midfield. Ty Kunis was enormous last start. Um, potentially about to turn into another Waller number, but hasn't yet. Uh, back with Papali, Nicoli Vito, and Hoho Khan, who returns off a long, long spell from a wide draw. It'll go back to last. Again, now... These two bets that I'm very, very keen on, both worse in midfield, both going to have a stack of pony when we enter the straight, both ridden by the goat. You should see the pythons on him. Like He, he would he would put Kieran <laughs> McAvoy to shame. He's he's old but really fit and strong. He'll be just wrenching those reins. He'll have a stack of pony again. Nicole Vito is ready to explode here. I think from barrier five, he'll just get cover. He'll be well worse in midfield. So if you've seen the races go throughout the day and they haven't been able to run on, just go again because you get a better price. <laughs> Love it. That's what I'm trying to say. Like this big, is big big pipes. Does it uh, translate to the the uh, golf? I know you play a bit of golf with him. Long long driver or um just a, just an operator, like just, an, just the ultimate horse. competitor, one of the all time greats. But th- this horse is ready. This is a perfect setup. The the big um, Flemington straight suits rail out ten meters. People will get confused with the pattern, but I've gone over it four times. It's going to be fair, I think. And I think this just sets up really, really well for Nicole Vito. If you're an each-way player, which in my humble opinion you shouldn't be, it's a bit cowardly, but if you are, perfect each-way <laughs> bet to have. Nicole Vito, race nine. And Ingratiating wins that race, the race before. Mm. Um, that also stamps it. Yeah, and on top of that, if I'm wrong and it's been mad on pace all day, have something on number um, number nine, Poland, who will roll forward. It will run well. I just think Nicole Vito's set up to explode here and the price is just ridiculous. Like it, mate. Righto, last race of the day, benchmark 84 over the 1,100 metres. Um, there's a f- another 16-horse field. Uh, what do we got, mate? Uh, extreme speed, Najim Sahail. Uh, no Way Ever, Sartorial Splendor, Pioneer River, Jack of It, Shove Over, Zach DeBoss, Yulong Storm, maybe. Uh, speed, 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 speed. There's two horses here that are going to interest the punter at home and interest me as well. Benedetta, who I think is a group horse, returns. Oh, yeah. And I group wanted to go up. against it first up so I could, you know, because it's going to take up so much market percentage because mm. it is a proper, proper horse and this is not a proper race. Tatum Bull... Three kilo claimer, which which like I got got so much lead in my pencil that she was on like that that's a, this is a big opportunity to get to bet against this horse. Worse than midfield, three kilo apprentice Saturday prize money, but the problem is Tom, this horse is trialed outstanding. It's it's as good as it's ever trialed, and it scares me to death. The horse I wanted to back, and I probably still will. I think I'm going to back this horse and potentially save Benedetta, Najim Sahail. This horse was electric, like proper, proper good last start. Um, I, I love the way they space the runs. It's a great opportunity for Thomas Stockdale. I think it's going to be incredibly, incredibly hard to beat. 1,100 metres, he's, got, he's, a, he's a straight track horse. Um, that's the way I want to play. If you're, if you're playing like a quaddy at home, they're the two horses you need to have in your quaddy, and um, that's how I'm finishing the day. So no real strong bet yet, but if... If Benedetta was to come out of this race for some reason, chips in, completely chips in. Najim Sahail. Love it. We'll uh, also put our uh, staking plans up on the socials so it's not so you don't have to listen back to it 
as well. Or you can listen back to it, get a f- really listen you to our voices. You, you can do like, whatever you yeah, want. You do you. But we'll also have uh, an, a clear staking plan across our socials uh, in the coming days. Good, mate. Tom. What do you, uh, Tommy, should we, should, we look at, should we look at some golf? Yeah, we love golf. God bless me. PGA Tour this weekend heads to the Wyndham Championship in Greensboro, North Cali. That's uh, no, that's not in, uh, Greensboro, not in Melbourne either, by the way. It's in uh, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Here all week, try the veal. Uh, par 70, 7,131 yards. So it's, it's shorter than average for a PGA event. And there's a fair bit of... Um, Tension in the air in this tournament because a few golfers need to play well to get enough points to play in the playoffs. Plus, we've got like the Justin Thomas of the world. Not only do they need that, but they also need to perform to get in the Ryder Cup, potentially. Or Zach Johnson might just say, no, you're sweet, Justin. I don't care how bad you're hitting them. You're a champion and I want you in my team. That's probably what will happen, but we don't know. Uh, last year, Tom Kim won this event, minus 20. He beat Sunjay and John Hu at both were 15 under. The previous year, Kevin Kisner, minus 15. He won it at minus 15. He won a six-man playoff. Brandon Grace, Roger Sloan, Kevin Nah, Adam Scott, and Siwoo Kim. 14 players, 13 under or better. 2020, Jim Herman, minus 21. He beat Billy Horschel, Siwoo, and Kevin Kisner again. 2019, JT Poston, minus 22. 22 under. He beat Webb Simpson, Siwoo and Sunjay and Billy Horschel. The previous year, Brent Seneca won it with 21 under. So you need to hit fairways so you can hit greens and then you need to putt well. You need to make birdies. You and I would struggle, but like absolutely deluxe here. <laughs> but well, the, the, way you're, the way you tell you're hitting them, you'd be, I thought you'd be playing this, this week. No, I'm, I'd, I'd back myself on more of a harder course where your pars are good. Yeah, like I'm a, I'm a lag up and is that good? You happy? Yeah, good. Thanks. I'll pick it up. Um, yeah. So accuracy trumps power here at, at this golf course. Um, how have you seen this tournament? Have you found a bet? Why have you found a bet? Yep. Uh, that rolls in nicely. Russell Henley, proven oh, performer. No. <laughs> so we have done no. Uh, we haven't discussed who we're backing at all for this event. Just to clarify. And I reckon I reckon we've uh, got a couple of the same. I don't know. It looks like we do. Well, we've got one. Well, the sound of uh, how you said Siwoo Kim before, maybe you've got him as well. I'm throwing in Siwoo. My man yeah. didn't didn't want Siwoo, and I'm I'm like, no. Well, I've actually yeah, done a bit I'll, of research for the early crow, and Siwoo loves his deck. I'll talk through Russ, proven performer, winning three PGA titles, 19 top five finishes, former North Carolina, sorry, fifth, fifth, seventh, ninth on the last three starts. Um, I'm forgiving he's open. Um, he just missed the cut there, but. Uh, he's dead straight off the tee. First for driving accuracy, like we said, we want to be hit the fairways and hit the greens. Uh, so that's my first bet. And then Siwoo Kim, previous winner, 2016, um, and then also had a fifth, third, and second here at Greensboro. Um, form is a little bit patchy, but straight driver again and can putt well on his day. Um, and then I'm going Aussie Cam Davis. Played well in Minnesota last week, finishing well, um, and just missed the top five. Um, and he's a nice price around that 40 to 1. Too good. I am with Russell Henley, Siwoo Kim, Sunjay Im, who has, I reckon, the greatest hat in golf, 
and the most beautiful backswing of all time. Shout out to Sung Jay. Um, I'm also going to throw in um, Billy Horschel. And my roughie this week is Shez Reevy. That's how I'm handling uh, the Wyndham Championship. We'll, we'll clarify what price the is plans. You, did I? You don't know yet. <laughs> Chessie? Yeah. Oh, I haven't found him yet as I'm scrolling down here. I've got it. $130. Oh, I only have to have five bucks on that, punters. Yeah, have as much as you want on. You do you, gamble responsibly. Bet until it hurts, responsibly, gamble responsibly. All right, that's enough betting for now. Let's talk some narrative. Let's talk Ashes. And gone. Beauty. What a catch. Where would you bat? Could just take Dave Wilmer's position and open battle. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck off, Marcus. <laughs> My initial thoughts is I'm just grateful that I don't care too much about cricket. Like, because... That was maximum pain, really, and it was like delayed torture of over three and a half, felt like a month since we won, and they were always coming. It was a little bit like owning Keats. You know, <laughs> you just wanted the finishing post to come, and it didn't. Thoughts overall? Yeah, but we, we retain it, and that's all we needed to do. I think that's three or four, last three or four of retaining the Ashes, maybe three. Um, but I'll roll through some stats here. Series 2-2, two, two, uh, we retain it. Number one batsman for Australia, Usman Khawaja, averaging 49.6, high score of 141. Shout, out, best shout out to Justin Langer for not picking him for five years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number one bowler, Mitchell Stark, who missed the first test, um, averaging 27, best figures of 5 for 78, um, which, which sort of hurt a little bit because I... Had someone, um, Pat Cummins, and then a little bit on Stuart Broad, and then he's pipped Stuart Broad by one wicket, so <laughs> grazed me up a bit. But anyway, we'll move on. Uh, then the Poms, number one batsman, Zach Crawley, um, averaging 53. That high score of 189 was one of the one of the great Ashes knocks, just belting us around. Um, was sick to watch. And then number one bowler, Stuart Broad, at average of 28. Um, and best for four for, six, four for 65. And um, great career, but happy to see him move on and... Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he played for Australia though You'd love him Yeah absolutely He's a Yeah You'd love him He's competitor And love his passion And yeah, Good niggle Like all the poms love him He mm. was good He's How old is he? Nearly 40 so He's not uh, as old as Jimmy credit. Anderson Who's uh, By all reports Playing on Going to India Yeah which is Jeez it'd be tough At 40 40 odd Going to India Can only imagine um, the, the The narrative around the boys, the Aussie boys, knocking on the door six times after the conclusion of play on day five for a cheeky <laughs> little schooner and just getting brushed. Um, let's get your read on that first. Yeah, I, I, uh, it's an interesting one because um, of the uh, retirement. Uh, what did Soaksy say? Because of Broad's retirements. And, and, and Moeen. And Moeen. Full credit to um, Moeen too. Push through the uh, little... Little groin tear. Yeah, the groin. He, he bowled well in the end, didn't he? Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's an interesting one. Stokes, he reckons he uh, organised a booth at the local nightclub there. That's where you have um, your best conversations, isn't it, with the boys? Let's go to a nightclub. Yeah. We can have a good chat at a nightclub. They'd be through a few arms around each other there, I reckon. <laughs> I, reckon um, I reckon they're not, not sweet, to be honest. The, the palms, just their whole tone. That's yeah. just rude. Well, well, McCullum did say um, that's probably what's... what's uh, Got everyone talking. McCullum said there's no beers after the series, so I'll have to get some mail and, and find out. But um, 
Yeah, I would have. You would have liked to um, see him have at least one beer together, wouldn't you? David Warner's last test. I don't know. I don't know. I reckon he would play Sydney Test. Yeah, you're um, big on this. You're very big on this. I'm, I'm big on but this. But you haven't really like figured out how he's going to play it. Like, is he going to play the whole summer? Because the Sydney Test is often the last. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I reckon he'll play the Sydney Test. Someone's got to show before um, before the Australian summer that they're they've got to take it. Because if some no one's really showing it, you might as well just keep playing Warner until someone really um, puts puts their hand up. But yeah, like he's been elite, like. Um, an opener for so long. Um, my my yeah. other takeaway from the series was like how valuable Nathan Lyon is. You sort of mm. you don't appreciate it because you're just so used to it. But we won two tests that he played in. We lost all the ones he didn't or drew them. Yeah. And my other takeaway is I'm glad it's over because I'm tired and emotionally and physically sort of exhausted yeah, by staying up later nights. than I should have. A few late nights and then getting up to train was was an issue, but that's all right. You've got kids, so it's probably worse for you. <laughs> but yeah, that's a bloke I'd love to have a beer with Nathan Lyon and Travis Head and Mitchell Marsh. That'd be that'd be my top three. Top three beers. Aussie cricketers. Yeah, yep. okay. Not smart, eh? Character. Yeah. What else? We that's um, about enough on the ashes. Yeah, I think that's cricket. I think that's cricket. That's definitely golf. And I think it's time to talk hugby league, and then we'll uh, just touch on the narrative that is AFL. Oh, the lizard's lick. Lizard's oh, how good's that going to be? It's uh, one of the best NRL tips I've seen. I've seen the stats and they are profitable. Righto, it's time, Paps. We're going to introduce our man, um, a hero of mine. Excited to have him on the, on the show and part of our team to the early crow, uh, Nick Blakey, the lizard. Welcome to the early crow. Thanks for having me, boys. It's a pleasure. Uh, how hard was it for, for Paps to, to get you on board? Uh, a few messages and asking him what I'm going to be doing and um, he's throwing me straight into the deep end, doesn't he? So yeah, like right off, right off the It's pretty the, easy right when you're end. just a gun NRL punter though, isn't it? <laughs> just profitable, just so easy. Speaking of um, like you two and I, I assume you guys are on the longest term contracts at the Swans, um, <laughs> is, thoughts on the day course, boys? Oh, it's huge. Two brothers playing together and... Um, yeah, they'll be cleaning up now. Not as much as Lizard, though. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. The, the Liz's going to join us each and every week. Um, so now he only talks to basically the early crow and Sarah Jones. And he's a passionate, <laughs> <laughs> passionate NRL man. Is that because you're essentially uh, New South Wales born and bred? Yeah, grew up in Sydney and um, went to a big rugby school in Sydney in Waverley. And um, yeah. Love watching it. It starts a bit earlier than the AFL, so we jump on board and the Roosters are just next door as well. So, And most um, importantly, yeah, it finishes a little bit earlier than the AFL. Yeah, it does. Well, good. They play for a while. They play for a bit longer than us. And, um, yeah, hopefully finals. It's good so to us. The, the Chooks are your team? <laughs> yeah, Chooks are, Chooks are a fair few boys team from the club, so it's good. This year's been a bit, uh, how you going, hasn't it? Yeah, it hasn't been very good at all, has it? Was there a little bit of lead in the pencil when Brandon Smith the cheese signed? And that's sort of... Uh... <laughs> God, I probably thought we'd be flying, but um, I will be right. So the games we're going to talk about this weekend, uh, the first one's going to be the Panthers, who are $1.34 versus the Storm in Penrith, $3.30. The line's 9.5, the over-under's 40.5. Liz, how are we handling this? Um, well, obviously... 
two superstar teams in in the comp at the moment, and um, Storm took the piss last weekend. So out of you two, um, I, I believe as well. Hey, yeah, out of yeah, you two, I believe. Us, yeah. Perhaps and I did a little bit of a dry run down here in Melbourne, and I tried to tell him. I said, "You don't want to be against the Storm at home, coming off the humiliating <laughs> defeat to the." Uh, oh, he the was trying to tell us. He, oh, he told me that that was his. That was your mail, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, you, I think, um, you know, there's, it's going to be a pretty close contest in, in my opinion. The line's 9.5. Um, I think the Panthers' defence, I think they've had 140 points conceded less against anyone in the comp. Look at him, he's all over it, isn't he? Jeez. Um, so it's it's in Sydney as well. Um, Tech, technically. Home ground for Panthers. Um, so I think they should be a bit better for them. So we've taken what's, the Panthers to cover. Panthers to cover the line at 9.5. Can I attempt you into a little bit of unders action there? Underscore. Under 40 and a half. That's, what, that's where I like. I like the under 40 and a half. I think it'll be a real big sort of tight contest early. Yep. Be a big finals game. Pre-finals mm. match-up, won't it, Dicko? Yeah, I'll bell me. Imagine. Imagine that. Be like... Rodney Eat on steroids. Uh, Cowboys two. <laughs> <laughs> Cowboys two dollars and forty four cents take on the Broncos a dollar fifty five in Townsville. The line's four and a half. Yep. The over unders forty two and a half. Liz, take it away. Perhaps you jump in when you want. All right. Yeah, you want to yeah. jump in a bit of that? Righto. Liz is pass it to me. We got uh, Cowboys were very disappointing last week in the second half. Um, and then on the other on the other end of the scale, the Broncos were were just uh, dominant against the Roosters, thirty two to ten. Um, and I reckon Broncos probably the biggest threat to the Panthers uh, uh, for the premiership. Um, these games are always usually pretty tight between the Cowboys and Broncos. Obviously, a bit of a rivalry there. Um, so I'm just happy to play the Broncos to win at around the dollar seventy. Usually, the Liz is all over his um, all over his bets early in the week. I tell him to get on early, and he. He's just slack sometimes. So, well, if, if, <laughs> you, if, if you have so shot the he's dollar, missed a, he's missed the price. No, if you have shot the dollar seventy, the Broncos, you've done pretty well because as I checked it this morning, they were a dollar fifty-five with the Green Cafe. Uh, the next game we're going to talk about is the Raiders, the Milk, dollar twenty-five versus the Tigers, four That's bucks in Canberra. What's that? Yeah, so Raiders, Raid. Oh, I was just saying the well, this line for the West game now is ten point five as well. Not twelve point five. That's all right. Oh, that's all right. It doesn't really matter. Has we'll it changed? Where, where are you getting yeah, that from? Too. Liz, Lizard moves markets. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's on. Well, that's on Sportsbet. <laughs> Shout out to Sportsbet. Jump on board. <laughs> um, well, look, this is a this is actually a good good insight to how we want to do it at the early crow, and we want to shop, and you need to shop if you punt and you want to win. You got to be price sensitive, and you got to find the edges where you can. The tab, the green cafe. Twelve and a half line, dollar ninety, either way you want it. So, whatever way we're betting, we've got to try and find the best price. We'll articulate it across our socials where we can. Obviously, sponsors pending, um, but we'll get back in. <laughs> we'll get back into this game. Whatever the line is, ten and a half, twelve and a half. It's in Canberra. <laughs> it's going to be very, very cold. Um, <laughs> God damn! What are we going to do here? Yeah. So, well, me and Paps have had the West a few times this year, and oh. and they've cost us, but. Um, we're going to go again, and I think Raiders have won a lot of close games that could have gone either way, so 
um, higher on the ladder than what they could have been. Um, they lost at home last week by 20. Um, and they're struggling to score, I think. Um, the Tigers can cover the line at, at plus 12.5. Obviously, Tigers have been struggling a bit as well, but um, I think it's going to be a bit closer than um, yeah, what, what that line is. Oh, I love that bet. Oh, I love that bet a lot. That'll be one of our sort of... Oh, we're going to figure out perhaps like a multi for the weekend, a couple probably. I know you guys love them. Um, that'll be one of the legs for sure. The West Tigers plus 12.5 against the Canberra Raiders in Canberra. Uh, boys, that's rugby league. God bless you, Liz. Big start. Let's talk about AFL <laughs> a little bit. Narrative only. Zero betting. The dead strike to Papley, and the Swans pounce again. That is just so exciting. Happy with him. He's happy. He enjoyed it. Yeah, Where's Pappenhausen now? Uh, <laughs> the Pap. Big week for you, blokes, with Buddy retiring. How was it? Yeah, it's a um, strange week. It's always um, strange when we lose a grade and. Um, I think Lance is the greatest ever play, in my opinion, and uh, me and Paps are lucky to be playing with him and call him a good mate. And um, yeah, to not have him around the club for for the back end of this week has been a bit different. But um, yeah, we move on pretty quickly, and obviously got the Giants this week, so um, it moves pretty quickly. But yeah, it's a different field, that's for sure. Liz, what did you think about Paps sort of framing work there? If you noticed across the socials and the the media stuff online. <laughs> The little man planted himself right next to God. Jacinta. Look, you he, can't teach that sort of stuff, can you? He weaseled his way in there, didn't he? <laughs> Mate, <laughs> best one to combo in the comp. <laughs> photographer, go, photographer goes, if you want to be up the front next to Lance, come up now. And Jesus, he was the first one up there by 20 seconds. <laughs> well, he wanted me there the most, so. <laughs> Boys, what, what would be some of your favourite like memories with him? Um... Oh, on the field, uh, there's a few. I won't um, go into too much detail or name too many names or the team, but there was a, there was a kid one day um, that I think he'd come from another sport and it was his first game and the team actually put him on Bud for his first game and Bud obviously wasn't too happy with the amount of respect the opposition gave him and he was given an absolute mouthful all game, saying go back to his other sport, um, et cetera, et cetera. What are you doing here? And I think he came out and kicked six or seven that day. So um, that was one of sort of the um, good on-field memories. But off-field, he's just an absolute legend. Like a big kid, um, like hangs out with all us boys. And um, yeah, he's, he's a, one of the greats and um, I'll definitely miss him. Really embrace the, the younger guys at the club? Yeah, definitely. I think in the hub, uh, that's probably where he got around us the most and probably kick-started all the, the relationships uh, was us young boys, it was great. He obviously didn't play as much as he wanted to, so uh, got around us, played ping pong and um, sting pong, as he liked, or sting as he liked to call it. And um, So, yeah, he was the king of the ping pong table in, in the hub and created some great relationships and um, definitely we'll be keeping them along the along the journey. Liz, any thoughts along those lines? Oh, I think, you know, as Pap said, I, I came into the club um, as a forward, not a very good one. Um <laughs> But I think just my first few years playing with Lance down there and, um, you know, growing up in that era where, um, you know, you talk about AFL, you you talk about Buddy and, and Lance and um, I think just moving in my career, I think I'll be forever grateful that we crossed paths and, um, you know, both, both Paps and I are lucky to call him a, a pretty close friend and, um, yeah, I'm sure just because he's not at the club now, I'm sure we'll still um, stay in contact and... And hold the relationship closely. 
And I saw finally, like probably pretty exciting for you both, particularly especially you, Liz, from what I hear. You're not in there yet. Um, this is definitely going to free up one of the spots in business class on the away trips. Who's, <laughs> <laughs> who's favourite to sort of secure that, that seat that well, Buddy's vacated? Perhaps he's the smallest at the club and he somehow gets the most leg room, <laughs> so he must have something written in his contract that I don't. Um, but, geez, hopefully I can get in there. But there's a few big boys that don't get in there at the moment, so I might be down the pecking order a bit. Beautiful. Right, uh, the Battle of the Bridge. Uh, we take on the Giants this weekend. They are, I think they've won their last seven, if, if you don't count the bye. Uh, you guys have won your last three. Sometimes, Liz, I'm going to say we. So I am from Sydney, and <laughs> it's basically my two kids, Darcy and Len and the Swans. That's all I really care about in life. Um, <laughs> this is a big game in the context of, of the season. Um, have you sort of been trying to do your best to, obviously with the buddy stuff's help, but just to keep your head right down around the club this week because Ramps is out and you just want to dodge at all costs, Toby Green? <laughs> oh, God, that's a, that is a great point. But, um, yeah, it's obviously meetings and everything today and, um, yeah, it's no doubt it's a big game. I think the last few weeks and, and even moving forward, they're all do or die for where we are, um, you know, on the ladder at the moment. So um, the Giants have been in great form, obviously, as you said, winning seven in a row and... Um, not just Toby, but they've got some great players everywhere, and um, I'll be in the back line, and um, yeah, hopefully Dominating. Toby doesn't put on too much of a clinic. Lizard stopping all the goals and then running off, taking six bounces down the wing. Hundred um, percent. But, yeah. but uh, yeah, I reckon um, I reckon it's probably the biggest derby in the home and away season um, for the however long the uh, Giants have been involved. It'd be up right up there with probably the biggest um, derby, um, and looking forward to it. Sell out crowd, I would assume. Out at, uh, what's their stadium called out there? Spotless. Spotless Stadium. <laughs> Middle of nowhere. <laughs> and yeah, looking forward to it. Home. Yeah. It's not Sydney, well, my, it's my, Homebush. My, it's um, hard to get to. Uh, what do you reckon? Liz, go watch the last four races at Rose Hill, get the quaddy legs <laughs> in and then head on over. <laughs> God, is that even close? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it close, is isn't it? It is close. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go watch IME, just absolutely pissing. The last footy question for the, for the show, guys. Like you've obviously travelled to Perth, come home, travelled to Melbourne, come home. Two wins, but does the does that sort of travel back to back at the end of a year, the end of a season, have more of a toll and have a toll compared to the say the start of the year? Uh, it is different going away away, but um, like I enjoy going away, get the away trips and go and travel with the boys. But um, yeah, we've won two games, uh, which is which is good. Uh, we've obviously uh, lost a couple uh, this week, which is a bit annoying. But, um, yeah, it depends what way you look at it. Travel can take it out of you, but we've obviously got two wins. So um, it hasn't phased us too much, which is nice. So we, we uh, rested up and you sort of change your schedule because you've got those two away trips to have a lighter weeks, etc. Um, but, yeah, we, we uh, go into this week ready to go. How painful has it been, Liz, throughout the week with Paps and his 60-metre goal? <laughs> oh god, he hasn't shut up about it. But that's perhaps every that's perhaps every week whether he kicks freaking five goals or no goals, he doesn't shut up. <laughs> oh, I think we might uh, we might pull it up there. That's been the early crow season one episode one uh, with Jack Dickens, Tom Papley, and the Lizard. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Please like and subscribe. Uh, comment below if you got any feedback. Um, anything else, perhaps, Liz? That's all good. All good. Thanks for having me, boys. Looking forward to it. Pleasure. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to The Early Crow. Follow the socials immediately. You already should, but if you're not, do it again. 
make sure you have because we will be giving out our staking plans for Saturday's racing across our socials. Yeah, bye for now.